Hello, welcome to another episode of Pod Like a Hole. In this particular episode, we are going to take you through the rest of the Fragile album. On the last episode, we did the left side, and on this episode, we are going to do the right side. Uh, for this track listing, we are going to stick to the vinyl version that was released, so it does include some of the extra tracks that were not on the CD release. Uh, with me, as always, I've got to my left, Stephen Earl Chambers. Oh, uh, what? Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. And to Stephen's left is Eric Anderson. Where is Eric Body? <laughs> this is ironic because this is the right side, but we're to the left of him. That's right. That's right. Uh, That's we right. We didn't think this through. <laughs> but the way out is through. Oh, yes. <laughs> Funny you should say that, because the right side starts out with a track called The Way Out Is Through. It does. And so we're going to just get right into the nitty gritty, unless you guys want to tell me about your day. No, I have no time for this. I had dinner with my father, uh, and he started talking about how the chimpanzees are the true uh, avatar for how humans should act, and that even if aliens invaded and we fought them off, as soon as the aliens turned tail... Human beings would turn on each other again because that's what the chimpanzees would do. That was my day. Nice. Yes. And you just looked at him with a blank stare and said, I have an album for you. It's As called he... Year Zero. Yes. yes. There you go. <laughs> As he drove away, I didn't see a uh, InfoWars bumper sticker on his truck. So exactly. I don't know really what was going on there. He also, you know, my father and I, as I've said before, he taught me, basically he got me into things I like, but he, he still is a lunatic. And... Uh, he would give me the book, but we'd be on different pages. Today, I was telling him, recently, I've listened to a lot of Led Zeppelin, because I love Led Zeppelin. Who doesn't? We're all Americans. Sure. Red-blooded. And, and uh, I was just saying that yesterday, I was listening to Black Dog, which is one of their better-known songs. And even though it's one of their better-known songs, the drums in Black Dog are amazing. Mm-hmm. And John Bonham is what makes Led Zeppelin for me. For some people, it's Jimmy Page. For me, it's John Bonham. Yeah. And he's like, I hate that song. He hates Black Dog. That's my least favorite Led Zeppelin song. Why? This is the man that made me watch The Song Remains the Same 55 times as a child. Did he, he name Black check Dog. his favorite song? No, he didn't. But No, he actually, he didn't. But he's the kind of guy where his favorite songs are something like Misty Mountain Hop. Okay. Or, uh, you know... In uh, Through the Outdoor? Get out the it is a good album, but... Uh, or uh, Is John Bonham still on that one? Yeah, John, Bonham's John Bonham's on. on. They, they, broke up, they, they were yeah. smart. They broke up when he died. Yeah. Uh, you cannot have Led Zeppelin. But then they got back together and started doing all these live in London. Yeah, well, there stuff. you go. But my he had father, a my father, my father is a fan of the Coverdale Page record, which is terrible. <laughs> Anyhow, Black Dog's a great uh, song, and the drums are great. Eric, well, how was your day? How was, was your fine. day? It was fine. Tell, uh, tell, uh, tell, oh, us, we, tell us a musical tidbit about your day, Eric. Yeah. Sure. Well, my son just had a piano recital where he performed uh, Bowie's Life on Mars. Uh, and he sang. People. It wasn't just he, an yeah, instrumental. No, he, he played it was piano and sang. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's been working on it for like nine months. He did a good job. He did a great job. Yeah. He's yeah. a cool kid. And, I, and actually, this is a tidbit I've been meaning to say for a few episodes and keep forgetting. And I even texted you guys this and you told me to bring it up and I didn't. Was I got on the, the home iPad one day and opened up the web browser and up there was a... Pornhub. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> up there was a Google. He's, look, he's looking into that weird, that weird. My mom found me jerking off porn. Oh my for God. Eric's life. Though. Okay, <laughs> guys, I'm talking about my son here. Um, he had a Google oh, search for it's the. Not our problem. The, <laughs> uh, like a Does he a listener? Does he subscribe? Uh, he's waiting until we do an edited version of each of our episodes. Just oh, want to hear yes. oh, that makes because of our potty mouths. We need to make one. Yeah. No, we're yeah. okay. We say things that no child should hear. <laughs> My daughter wants to get on this, so yeah, yeah. Okay. we'll do a we'll kids do an all episode. Kids episode. Yeah, all yeah. Kids. Uh, that, that'll be the uh, the the, the rocket by baby nine inch nails. Bingo! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. So, uh, anyways, I um, I pulled up the browser and it said the oral. Wait for it. The oral history of head like a hole, and he was just researching that. You know, he just wants to. You know, I imagine. Get to so, know who his do dad you better. think? Who would they talk to? Adrian Sherwood, and was he like you know on that day? Uh, Trent went and he. We didn't have any coffee, and he had to have Columbia House, and that made him angrier than usual. You're right. Like, what are you going to hear in the oral history? <laughs> right. I didn't read it. It looked Just... interesting. It looked interesting, but I did see a Trent quote where he said, like, right before he started writing that song, somebody called him a synth fag at like a at like a music show. Right. He is. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't deny it. So... Someone, someone called your son that? No. No. Okay, Trent. I'm sorry. Trent. Yeah. Trent Reznor. No. no I no. was like, what? What is oh, happening no, no. here? No, no, His son no. called Eric. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yes. would never say something like that. Yeah. Anyways, so that's just a fun tip. But let's get, let's get to this right side. I mean, Steve always wears a shirt that says "Right is Right." And I never. Oh, I know. Understood it, but now I'm. It all makes it. sense now. <laughs> exactly. Well, I was well ahead of the cultural conversation. <laughs> and for this episode, we have actually a Richard Spencer calling in. <laughs> oh god. Oh, okay. Do you think he likes match nails? I hope he doesn't. Yeah. Apparently, I think he likes Depeche Mode. He does. Yeah, I think that's his. his How does he feel about that new album? Because that new album's got some great leftist uh, politics that might piss him off. Yeah, I don't think we might lose some listeners, and that's fine. I don't think the majority of those clowns understand any kind of art. Even my father today talking about the chimpanzees. We were also talking about uh, I can't remember, but he did basically say he's like, well, the leftists are always the artists. Right, they usually are. They're the ones that give a shit. Yeah, right. I know. I, but uh, I mean, what is it? Lee Greenwood, Toby Keith—that's who they get to champ. <laughs> Ted Nugent, Kanye you know? West. Yeah. Oh man, uh, yes. <laughs> is that you know? Do you, I don't know how genuine that is. To be honest with I you, think he's just, he's, I think he, has no he is just trying to throw a Molotov cocktail to promote a new album. Could be. That's my it's take. Pretty bold. Pretty big. Could Molotov be. Or cocktail. when they met, when they met, you know, a year and a half ago. You know, Trump gave him a, a fat like ten million dollar paycheck to to basically unite the country. I, I think, sure, yeah, I think he's the kind conspiracy of conspiracy theory. Sorry, yeah. guys. he's been yeah. told he's the greatest for so long now. I think that some people shouldn't have to hear that, and he's one of them. What would you do? I mean, this would be a complete about face for everything that Trent Reznor would stand for. But if you know one of your heroes, you know, did some, no. I was disappointed. I I did like Kanye West, and I. I can't just like throw all of his shit out. It's just, he's just in timeout right now. Yeah. I, I'm not going to listen to his stuff right now. He's a good um, producer, but I've never liked his his lyrics. But that's just my opinion. I'm a big fan of uh, Dark Twisted Fantasy was a good album. Three of his albums I like, but Jesus was great. I, but the thing is, even even his best, I'm not going to say his work is disposable. That would be disingenuous. Yeah, but I can live without it. Sure. So, That's, I'm just putting him in timeout for right but, now. But as far as Trent Reznor goes, or say a... Uh, well, actually, you know, I deal with this all the time, being the metalhead of the group. Yep. <laughs> like, I still suffer through Pantera. You Phil Sands. Yeah. And but that, the thing with that is... Nice Nightstales likes Pantera, so... Here's the thing. 
here's the thing. With guys like Pantera, you kind of already expect it. Like sure. I already, part of my brain already knows they're kind of might be shitbags. Yeah. But Trent Reznor would come so far out of left field, I would be like, well, uh, I'd probably have to write him a letter. Like, I don't know yeah. what I would do. No, it would be heartbreaking. It would be heartbreaking. So listen, I mean, what that, that would, would you be... do if your favorite art, artist, uh, you know, was a red hat wearing uh, yeah. a prick? And yeah. it's not like... Or, well, 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 well. Maybe you are a red hat, are a red hat wearing prick. <laughs> what would you do if all of a sudden Toby Keith was funding uh, Planned Parenthood? Planned Parenthood, yes. Oh my yeah. god, I don't know. It goes both ways. So think about it. We'll be right back. <laughs> are we taking a break? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> just seems like, like right NPR. As my stepfather of... would say, "It's just politics. Why are you getting worked up? Everybody lies." Once we get uh, the technology to do a Colin show, um, we'll, uh, we'll make that happen. It's going to end up turning out like a Mr. Show sketch. <laughs> exactly. The pre-recorded Colin show. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the... Uh, the way out is through. The, the way out is through. Track one. <clears throat> emotional catharsis that is the great below and i thought that they made a great choice about having the second or no i'm sorry yeah the second half the first track of the second half start as a song that's it starts off very subtle sure and quiet and each bit of instrumentation builds on top of the next it starts off with like a uh like a King Crimson synth and then a Tangerine Dream synth and then it sounds like somebody's sawing. You know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then the drums come in. And, and it's, it's, very, sounds... it's very, it's very, as Eric puts it and I, I love, I've always liked Eric. He's one of my best friends but I like him even more now. <laughs> we should have him on the show sometime. Yeah. <laughs> the term Swamp Industrial is amazing because it applies to so much of this record even though this is a step away from the industrial. Yeah. Maybe they had to go through Swamp Industrial to get away and make a clean break. Uh, this is a very swampy song. Yeah. It has some... If you're in a muck, you're trying to get out of the muck. Uh, well, it sounds like everything was recorded in a separate room. Like, they uh, were meant to record the drums in a different room, and uh, they hit play, or hit record, and... Um, it sounded like it was recorded down the block. It it that's it just sounds so far away and distant. And I think that was all probably by design. by design. Yeah. Um, I think they filtered it through. Uh, so Alan Mortar Mulder. Alan Moore. 
Alan Moore, he was part of this. <laughs> so he, he was working been. on the sequel to Watchmen, uh, <laughs> which so we never got. I guess it went through a couple different filters on a virus synth. It was programmed via MIDI. Um, so these are technical terms that I'm not very familiar with. Uh, if you're a gearhead, you probably would be like, oh, I know exactly what he's talking about. I mean, MIDI is kind of what all computer recording became because it basically was like, you play it on a keyboard and then it turns into computer notes that you can then affect once it's in your computer. Back in the 90s, like whenever anybody did like an all computer version of a song, it was MIDI version. Well, yes, yeah. I played Monkey Island. I understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Mike Garson's on this record, or this song too. Uh, we talked about Mike Garson on Just Like You Imagined. So he's the Mr. Cat on the Piano type of style of playing. Um, and uh, like we had mentioned, he comes from David Bowie's Oh, that's yeah, he, he kind of yeah. comes in towards the end of the dun 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 dun. Yeah. But there's a whole so he comes in at the end. It starts off quietly with stuff building up, and then the bump, 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 bump up. It has those drum beats, and then this song. There's a couple of parts of this album that are home to big riffs, and this definitely has a big riff on it. One of the biggest riffs there. It's great. No, it is great, and then the drums really come swooping in. No, it's point. a yeah, it's, and, they, and they played this live a few times on that tour, I believe. I don't know. I mean, they have played it live. I mean, not, right. unlike Eric in the last episode <laughs> talking about uh, he's seeing this together now. I'm pretty sure they played this live. I tend to get this song mixed up with, um, and I love them both. With the mark has been made. Yeah. But I think they played them both live. Um, and I, um, yeah, I've seen Mark has been made live, but I have not seen. I don't. This was on the Fragility 1.0 tour. We saw him on the second cycle. Okay. The 2.0. Well, it's a good song, and those when the riffs hit, it's great. And no, he does play live because live he goes, oh, oh wow, oh 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 whoa, oh oh oh. Okay. Trust me. Uh, I believe you. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to combat that. <laughs> I absolutely believe you. I mean, I, I think you're right. I th- you are right. Thank um, you. Are you sure you're not thinking of like complications or Mark has been no. made? Who knows? We'll have to rewatch that damn DVD that okay. Eric watched. Yeah. All right. It's well, it does it, actually have lyrics. So this it, does, it, it talks about underneath it all, which is a reoccurring. Underneath it all, the, there's a song called Underneath It All. Yep. And I think on still doesn't the title track or no doesn't uh, what's the song on still? Which one? The the one that's the new song. And there's all a few. Doesn't they say there's underneath a, it all in that one too? And all it could have been or probably. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I have lyrics in front. Underneath of it all is a we'll very, save it for the next. It's episode. a very Reznorian lyric. Yeah. Well, it goes with the whole this side of the album, the whole new flesh motif and in fact, too. Is that? You know, you're the new flesh. It's growing over. You're 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 getting stronger, but it's still there. The pain's still there. Yeah, and that's actually ties in. Yes, uh, the second half of the album, I think a lot has to be with like, well, you've been through some shit, and you went through some shit again, again in the last the last half of the album, but you're going to continue dealing with shit no matter how strong you think you get. Right. So that's called being a human. You're never going to get over it. <laughs> and I'll bring it up again when we talk about Rank with Decay. Yeah, but I yeah. like this song. It's a good yeah. song. It's a definite great song to be. Like I said before, The Fragile is a song or an album about traveling from one space to the next. The way out is through. You're at the gate below. Now you're going out to. It's a great song. Into the void. 
It right. is a great song. And, and I was, Into the Void is a jazzy little movie. And a couple times when I was listening to this, because I was listening to the um, MP3s for the def- the uh, definitive version, which is basically the vinyl version, but it doesn't split it up left to right. So a couple times, I honestly, like in my head, without the without the track listing in front of me, I thought Into the Void was the opening track to the second one. And it would have been a great opening track and super dynamic. Well, but, Into the Void? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it would be kind of... The same, it like a somewhat damaged opening. The first, it like yeah. starting with an instrumental that builds definitely sets the tone exactly. way think, better for the right side. I think yeah. It, after the great below, you need an instrumental song, or at least well, actually, there's 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 some lyrics to this. Yeah, it's an aria. It's not verse, chorus, verse. It's just yeah. a blast of lyrics. Sure, but you need something that builds up from the decimation of the great below. Sure, yeah, um, absolutely. So we're talking about the vinyl versions, right? Yeah, we are. So you guys are have to make sure that I stay on track here. Is the next track Into the Void? Or it is. It is. Into the Void. Yeah. Yeah. Into the Void is a song that I always thought was the lesser of all the singles back in the day. As oh, no. Starfuckers is on line one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I've got some things to say about Starfuckers. But Into the wait. Void, much like like I said, this album's always been my favorite. Into the Void, I thought, was one of the lesser parts. Now, it's, I think it's a great song. sing it out loud and he's amused by me singing it it's uh what into the void yeah okay it's, it's a great song it's a great song uh, production really wise i would song. put this one up there with the wretched and even deeper is just like just sonically perfect because of the drums yeah. so why is it sonically perfect try to explain that to me oh just uh, pretend i'm dumber than i even am right uh well into the void starts with like he's pulling out the eraser polite version pan flutes again <laughs> Which is just the synth tone, by the way. Does he really? There's, if you listen to the beginning, there is for sure. Well, it maybe not be pan flute, but it's at least an oboe. Some sort. <laughs> it's some sort of either woodwinds uh, and brass. Woodwind, yeah, yeah. It's definitely some sort of woodwind. Wait, wait, wait. What, ta- what part? Try to mimic the sound you're talking about. At the very beginning oh, the of the void. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, some sort of woodwind. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The part that goes. I think you're right. Yeah, I think. I thought that was a string instrument. No, no, it starts... That's the cool thing about woodwinds is that it sounds right. I like... I thought so too. Yeah. yeah. It's the cool thing about woodwinds is it sounds like it could be a couple different instruments because they use the wood with the metal. Anyways, huh. it's a cool instrument. I always thought that I was I think it was probably a clarinet or, or an oboe. Uh, so, okay, but can we at least yeah. agree that Into the Void has like a, uh, a xylophone or somebody hitting like a fucking plank on a bottle or something? Yes, it seems like for it. sure. Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, I'm not that dumb. For sure. It has <laughs> one of the best bass lines of all time, which they use... Yeah, do 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 Yeah. Doom. And the production is just... 
And it's a callback to Christine, Lemire, yeah. yep, right? Yeah, callback yeah. to Lemire, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just a, it's, it's a super catchy, really well done single. Well, it, it, it thematically and lyrically, it had, and I was talking about this, one, I've talked about this with Mark many times, but then it was earlier tonight, maybe with you before, Eric, is that I love Nine Inch Nails songs that talk about going from one place to the next. Actually, yes, I'm glad about that just minutes ago in the last song. But this song talks about going to the station. You're going to your final destination. I love songs that talk about going, like, just the anxiety of moving from one place to the next. And this song is great about that. You're going into the void. The void, you're, you're standing at the station, you're going into the void. Right. I mean, you just survived... What's the void? Who knows? You survived something that... Speaking of Final Destination, it was used in that movie. It was, it was used in the movie. It was used in the opening credits. Good. I think so. Yeah, I bet that would My be wife something. loves those movies. I've never watched one of them. Yeah. Really? Well, Devin Sawa. He was the <laughs> right. heartthrob of right. the day. Yeah. Have you guys seen him? That's right. No. Uh, nope. But I, I'll watch that. I'll watch that first one. I'll watch that first one. Has, has Heather seen him? I, I know she's seen the first one. Yeah. She's a horror. She's a bit of a horror. But no, it was. It, no, it was. She's a, a bit of a what? Excuse me. Horror buff. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you for letting me finish. Either way, kind of finish. <laughs> um, yes. Then it was used in the movie The Final Destination. It was also a single off the album. It had a video that was very. It's funny. They had to think of Peter Gabriel when they wrote this song and did the video. I think the song has a Peter Gabriel big time stomp. Shit, I don't know if I've does. seen the video for this. I've okay. never seen the video. All know. right, well, so let's, let's talk about how, the, how it sounds. It sounds like it could be a Peter Gabriel song. Uh-huh. It does. It's just like, you know, it's not it's not a rock song, almost as much of like yeah, a... It's, a synth it's like, like a robo-funk pop song. Robo-funk pop song. And then the video is, it starts, it has like, they take like a camera that would show up someone's behind. And they yeah. put it in somebody's hair. Yep. And they drag it along like their scalp line and their body. And you're seeing magnified parts of someone's cells and shit. And eyes. And, and then hair. when it gets to yep. the, uh, I guess, the try to save myself, but myself keeps slipping part at the end, they pull out and you see the whole band. And the fun part about that part is the band is performing in a room that's just red fake walls and they knock them all over and it reminds me it's very it's very much like the march of the pigs video yep and he's, uh, is he wearing like a red button up in that in that video uh, like, he's wearing something yeah. trent was going through some shit as far as fashion's concerned and this comes from a man that's wearing flip-flops basketball uh, shorts tonight we're not wearing <laughs> basketball shorts we're wearing a board shorts and uh, a diamond shirt yep that's it Eric's watching the video. All right, Eric. On your own time, buddy. Um, <laughs> no, it's a great song. I always thought that it kind of got short shrift. Um, it wasn't a Halo. Was it was a, only an Australian-only single. Uh, so They put it out because it was on that soundtrack, probably. Well, I mean, it was a single, but it didn't have a Halo designation. It was an Australian uh, import. Right, which had a lot of crossover with the We're In This Together singles. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, one one part of the song listing. that particularly gets me is the wow now wow now 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 now. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's great. And some wah wah guitar. And then the the chorus, the the when everybody sings, try to save myself, but myself keeps slipping. What's the whole band? I love that. It's a great song. It is a great song. You know, and it's not as good as the next song, but it's a great song. I I I love this song. I think yeah, it's great. It's good. I feel like it's one that not a lot of people talk about. Period. They play it live, right? They do. I don't think I've seen it live, though. Uh, they didn't play it on the Fragility Tour. I've seen it live five times. <laughs> <laughs> that was when they opened up for David Bowie. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So End of the Void is a good track. I think it's it a is. sleeper track. It is. A, I mean, it was a single. It's, it's, it's got the makings of a, uh, like you said, it's a pop song. Yeah. Um, but it didn't catch on like the way that Closer did. or No, the song like, was much more popular for being part of the Final Destination movies than it was for being part of the album. Sure. But I don't think this album, all left or right, had a hit single. It really didn't. We're wearing this together is close. That was probably as close as you're going to get. Maybe Starfuckers. No, I, I disagree. I think the only reason that Starfuckers was even had any sort of or visibility... Or in that case, it was Star Suckers. <laughs> ...was because Marilyn Manson was in the video, but we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, it was about Marilyn Manson beef. and uh, I mean, yeah. I know Marilyn Manson fans that know this song because... They were aware of the beef at the time. The beef. Yeah. Which East Coast, West Coast. What are you going right. to do? That's right. I think Wearing This Together is the song on, uh, that when someone looks back in this album will be the one that stands out as like the one that represents the album. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. But it's not like it was, you know, a mega hit. Sure. They haven't had a mega hit. That's Pilgrimage for me. Closer. But. Oh, I know. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I disagree with you. Mark Allen Branstad. I think, Full name. I'm in trouble. I think that um, the fuck. What are the songs? What's the song of with teeth? Yeah, it's so memorable. Bite the hand. It? No, bite the hand that feeds. It's yeah. a pretty big hit. Uh, the hand yeah. that feeds is a big. That was and a also yeah, off year one. zero. Uh, start to the nest. Survivalism. Survivalism. Survivalism? Also think, a pretty big hit. But I, I will say, yeah, hand that feeds was actually. Hand I was working at a job where I had to listen to the radio constantly, and that song came on about four times a day. Hand that yeah. feeds was a pretty yeah. big hit. That, yeah. that that was a big hit. Okay, so and actually, to, even uh, uh, no, no, came back haunted almost. I mean, it's not no. Not as big, I uh, disagree. Well, we've got many copies of talking about that. <laughs> Copy of I love. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, let's get back to the track here. Uh, where is everybody? Where is everybody? Uh, I this album is full of songs which I would call my favorite Night Nail songs. This is one of those songs. Did you happen to catch it? Did it happen so fast? Or what you thought would always last has passed you by. Everything's speeding up on my soul and down. I'm just spinning around and I don't know why. All the pieces don't fit. Thought I really didn't give a shit. I never wanted to be like you. Before I aspire, I'm a liar. And I'm running now things I can do. I'd like to stay, but every day. I even wrote that in my notes. It's an all-timer. I don't understand why they never play it live. They've never played it live. I don't. Is there something in this song that yes. nobody can pull? Yes. Off? What is that? And it's part of what appealed to me at the time. Remember, if you go back to my when I thought I was in a fucking WTF episode last time, where I <laughs> told him what a dark place I was in during this era. But anyways, I had terrible taste in music, but I did love this song at the time. I still do. <laughs> but one thing I liked about it, there was a Technotronics going on, like 
his voice, the sampling they do on his voice, it's not he's not straight up singing it. I think it's he's just cutting singing. and pasting vocal samples. But it's not yeah. it's such a rhythm that you couldn't do it live. No, is everything it. speeding up or am I slowing down? I know that right. part's right. modulated. Right, but they could do a live. Maybe that could, that that could be it. Uh, it could be one of the same things where so much went on in the studio, like uh, like in Perfect Drug, where when they try it live, it just doesn't work. But this song is very yeah. simple to me. And it's got know. a lot of it's got some of that swam duster with the slide it does guitar have going on, especially yeah. at the end. Yeah, I mean, he kind of raps in it. Did yeah. it happen too fast, or did something? You know, happen? yeah, you know? it does. It yeah. does have a little bit of roots of. Is uh, everybody speeding up, or am I slowing down? I'm yeah. just. Did you happen around. to catch, or did it happen so fast? What you thought was always last. Yeah. All the pieces don't fit. No, I really didn't give a shit. <laughs> it's good. It's a great. Song. And this song, you know, I'm I'm a uh, I'm a <clears> fan <throat> of whenever a songwriter uses a list. To get across something, so sure. pleading and needing and bleeding yeah. and breeding and feeding exceeding. Bleeding—that's <laughs> my favorite part of the song. Cut to it. Just what yeah. is the noun or down. the verb that you're trying to talk about? Don't give me any of that uh, adjective <laughs> shit. They, yeah, this is, just this is, give me the this verb. This is the yeah. album where Nice Neil started having either Trent or a diva do a whale, and there's that part in the song where somebody goes, "Oh, oh, 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 oh yeah, oh, 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 where is?" Everybody. Yeah, I mean, I hopefully that we gave the na na nas a uh, mm. good amount of time when we talked about day the world went away. But you're onto something. There's a lot of vocalization going on. I don't understand why this this song is not heralded. Like, it should be in their set list to this day. The only it's also it also like again this is a song, where's everybody? Well, it's right there in the lyrics. It's a song about the anxiety of not knowing where everybody went. It's mm-hmm. a frustrating feeling. Speaking mm-hmm. of being by himself, everybody can relate to that shit. Speaking of being by himself, the only help T. Reezy got on this song was uh, with uh, Adrian Blue and the guitar towards mm. the end. Yeah. All right. Yeah. When the, with the Swamp Industrial part? Uh, well, uh, to me, the whole slide guitar from the very beginning is a little Swamp Industrial, but yeah, uh, I feel like um, it says end melodic guitar, Adrian Blue. So probably the rhythm guitar towards the end. But. Yeah, you're right. I don't understand why they don't play this live. I, I've always appreciated this song. Yeah, it's it's great. It is a great. That song. That would be a fun song live. Uh, so it lasts, and they, you know, well, they may have, may have played it, but not. they played that a few times. Yeah, remember, uh, <laughs> Steve right. had to issue a correction. That's right. Yeah, like a Fox News. But this is this is definitely this is the start of more, the more mature Nine Inch Nails is in songs like this. It's not trying to hit you over the head with a hammer. It's it it. This is more of the robo funk mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, and I I that's the direction they started heading to. They started going closer to this and further away from your uh, oh, Wretched's or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I, I love it. Yeah, it was great. You're a sonic traveler. <clears throat> in yeah. the slide. Waiting, in, the, in the song that this, there's a there's quite a few Night Nail songs that are talking about the oh shit, what's going on around me. But the one that this already makes me think of when I first listened to Hesitation Marks, the song. What's that song? Uh, hey, everything is not okay. Yeah. I didn't really think you were going to be bringing out some of the older stuff. Because that's, that's the song that I second. feel is the cousin to this song. Yeah. I would agree with that. And I remember when Hesitation Marks first came out, you had said that. Yeah, Mark and I were having these conversations in 2013. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, all time low. All time low. Yep. Yep. I feel like all time low. Where is everybody? Go together very sure. well. 
Well, there you go. There's your pairing. Get that with a little uh, Zinfandel and a yes. dark chocolate, and you got. <laughs> and you got yourself a stew, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. So where's so, everybody? Is it's it doesn't get the respect it deserves. And uh, I, the only time I've I've been able to even see it close to live was on YouTube, where I typed in <laughs> "Where's everybody live." And it was some really bad, like, alien ant farm type band doing a cover version. Oh, God. In some, like, bar. Yeah. yeah you saw it. I said that. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, good God, by the way, when I was driving down here tonight, I put it on 98.5. Uh, it's our local rock station, or was. Yeah. It used to be. Is it, is it the KRXQ still? Um, I don't know what format they're in now. And if it's similar to like the Eagle, like our classic rock station. Oh, no, but, but they, no, 98.5 still, they play a mix of classic and then. Sure, but they played uh, spells the W Alien yeah. Ant Farms, uh, you know Annie Are You Okay cover. Yeah, tonight. came on. Oh, when we yeah. worked for the record right. store, I had to work Alien Ant Farms show at the Boardwalk. Were they All nice? Right, they were. The very guy nice had and the... they assumed I wanted to take five pictures with them. So yeah, did <laughs> he like, make an ass out of you? We can take more if you want. And I'm like, guys, I'm just working the merch booth here. Do you, here, do you guys remember the uh, metalcore band Bleeding Through? Sure, they're still name. around. I yeah, yeah, I remember seeing. And in name. fact, our next topic of discussion that was going to be the name of with teeth. It was. It was. Funny enough, um, and we all know I went through a metalcore phase, but uh, sleeves off shirts. I I work with a woman who yes. actually is the mother of a guitar player. Really, and she recently told me that they're getting the band back together and they're putting a new album out. And she got me on the guest list for the show at the boardwalk. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh, I, 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 you're obligated to show up. Now. No, we're we're gonna be in Tahoe that weekend. That's oh. the weekend I was telling you about. Oh yeah, I would go if not because I would definitely just do it to amuse her. She's really proud of her son. I would be too. Oh yeah, but yeah, uh, absolutely, sure. Yeah. So that's small world. So I think to bridge the next two songs, when we talk about Swamp Industrial, I I'm talking about two things. I'm talking about the obvious, which is like the. Uh, there's a slide guitar kind of sound to a lot. It's almost like the glass bottleneck, like like using your fret as an instrument as much as the actual notes sure. that he uses a lot. He uses it in Where Is Everybody? He uses it, in, but he really uses it in the next song. Um, Even deeper is where they use it, too. Yeah. Uh, but um, The mark has been made. Do yeah. you think they really use it there? They do. Yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. Chunk, chunk. Chunk, chunk. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but also, I also mean it by like, this album gets really muddy in a great way. It's very intentional, but there is so much going on and it's very good. And yeah. it's all just kind of, you, it sounds great casually, but if you really listen, you realize how much stuff is piled on top of it's uh, on each other. And I think, I think it's great. And I well, think Mark has made, it's a piler. So yeah. we're going on to the next track. Yeah. 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 So this song sounds like someone's trying to start a car.
finally that key turns, baby, and that engine starts right. coming. Well, when you're living on the bayou, your own student baker is not going to start every so time. So the mark has been made on the industrial songs. <laughs> that's that, that's that joke. <laughs> on the Fragility Tour. It's a... It's a good song. Uh, yeah, so... I think this is a this is maybe the most swampy of them all because it's both muddled and has that great kind of slide guitar uh, thing that's pulling a certain yes by the halfway point the bow, big bow, bow, bow. yeah wow that wow and then yeah by the halfway point the guitar starts which sounds like yeah exactly an engine trying to kick on um, <laughs> so this song has been used in a variety of different multimedia. Okay. Uh, one, this was used in the Unbreakable uh, trailer. It was used in the film Man on Fire with Denzel Washington. I think that used about five Nine Inch Nails songs in that movie. Yeah, it did. And it, uh, the Nine Inch Nails wiki uh, categorizes it as using it to showcase uh, Denzel Washington as a contemplative badass. <laughs> <laughs> so he was doing a bunch of push-ups. <laughs> it was used in the, uh, the show CSI. It was used in the game Need for Speed Undercover. It was used in a trailer for season six of The Sopranos. It was used in the video game The Darkness 2. And it was used in a trailer for Sons of Anarchy. So, it's a mood, Trent it's a mood did, music. He didn't choose to become a film scorer. Basically, he saw how easy it was to do when he wasn't even trying. That's right. And just followed that path. Yeah. So, anyways, it's a cool song. It's a cool bridge that leads into uh, one of the bonus. Well, one of the deleted songs that they brought back for the definitive and the vinyl version. There's two two parts of the song I need to point out. Is Which one? The part the mark has been made. Oh, sorry. Is that there is a time stamped? I really oh, like three minutes or something. Like I remember where, you sharing that. Yeah. Where it starts, like the guitar and the the synths, they start to disintegrate, and they sound like they're disintegrating, and you know the part where it's like do 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 and everything just starts like collapsing on itself. That part's amazing. And then isn't just me or isn't there a little uh dun 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 keyboard part which is the kind of the uh and you still complete me melody you know what i'm talking about yeah i do i mean it's so subtle i don't really think that it really gets called out a lot but i i think i know what you're talking about it's possible i mean he he likes certain notes and certain key signatures for sure so <coughs> uh yeah I mean, the song starts like it reminds me of some of that <coughs> like that swampy americana like caliphone and then it ends with undeniably an inch nail song it's great. It's a good little instrumental piece. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I first heard it, again, I wasn't expecting it, um, but it is something that really holds up. I yeah. mean, it's very, very good. And I believe they play it live, yeah. live on that DVD, and it's a great, it's it's a great they bridge do. to set up. Yeah, yeah. If I recall correctly, there's a yeah, there is for sure where it goes wow, 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 yeah. wow. I think they might get a spotlight out. Oh yeah, they 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 go from their ocean uh, duo songs, the Lemaire and. Great below to that and then into wish, which is a great, a great That's right. lead in. Yeah, stay That's right. for the next episode. Yep. So, anyways, uh, this goes into well, if you had the CD, it would have gone into please, but instead, the definitive listeners or vinyl listeners, it came into one of their uh, 
deleted songs, which they put back in. Clearly, they wanted it in there, and it's a great song. It's 10 Miles High. Miles High is great. Yeah, uh, it's not a cover of the Bird song. Um, <laughs> I think they have a song called Ten Miles High." They might. They might. I don't know. It was a joke that uh, I definitely didn't reference. Um, so yeah, this song Ten Miles High." It's also a favorite of my wife's because of the drum sounds. They're just it's heavy. Oh yeah, great um, drum sounds. Right. How do the How the drums bang around in this song? Um, with a lot of rhythm and groove. Okay, good. <laughs> it's some sort of it variation of four four time. Um, but the uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of guitar noise, and it builds up into the uh, you know I'm gonna get so high, which he just wails. Um, it's a very simple song, um, but this also has that build up that's similar in La Mer and Into the Void, which is like a do 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 back to the and then it loops again and and. Um, yeah. And yeah, I swear to, I'd never, to God, I'd never turn into you, but I'm getting closer all the time. Tear now it this, all down. Yeah, now I'm getting closer. Doesn't that, is it, Mark, this is on the CD version of this song. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have the, there um, is no, this is not on the CD. I it know. is on 10 Miles, or but, it is on Things Falling Apart. No, that's right. yeah. But no, the I'm getting closer is at the end of another song. I'm getting closer. Yeah. Um, so what you're hearing on the CD is uh, when... It goes from the mark has been made right into please. Yeah. There is that little piece on the end of... I'm going, Exactly. Closer. And it just swoops right into please. Yeah, right. So there is like a little bit of a callback on that CD version oh. and probably on the iTunes version of this song, but they don't actually there's, play the entire there's song. There's 20 different versions of The Fragile. It's bizarre. Right. <laughs> no, but and one, that's one, why it's called, of course. But it's clearly, yeah. clearly important to, to Trent Reznor et al. that this was... This was part of the album, and it, and this it album is weirdly. And they said this in like one of the pitch, the Pitchfork re-review, which uh, I don't know if I mentioned, but initially when this album came out, Pitchfork gave it like a, a one point five. It was ah. very low, and then wow, when they re-released the album in two thousand sixteen, they gave it like a nine point five. Yeah, and I think what happened there is that somebody that actually likes the band it gives a shit. 
reappraised it. Yeah, but Pitchfork is very hit and miss for me yeah. in terms of like I'm not really too interested in listening to. Oh well, I'm I don't know. They're it's not just, my they're not my tastemaker. Yeah. yeah, what I use them for is that they will tell me that bands exist. Period. Because I don't, right. I'm old and they don't get to pay attention. Yeah, but I don't care what they get, what they say about many of them. But in their rear view, they pointed out this could be like the unofficial title track of the album, which uh, I kind of almost agree with. Um, I mean, this song uh, was originally called "Hello, Everything Is Not Okay," which mm-hmm. was a lyric on that song "All Time Low." Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, that's funny. Not interesting. Then see, they're, they're they're threaded together. He doesn't throw anything away, this Trumpster. Yeah, he saves it all for another, a later day. But sonically, the Ten Miles High. Already, we're talking about a song, an album that goes up and down, left and right. Mm-hmm. It goes up into the sky. It goes down to the ground. And the way it goes, I tried to get so high, high, high. They use an echo yeah. effect where you're like, well. Uh, there he goes. That's the He's floating away. And then the whole, like, I never, like, what does he say? I never wanted to be like you. Or, yeah, yeah, I yeah. get closer all the time. Yeah. Never wanted to, it to come to Turn this. Out, it's, yeah. it's Nine Inch Nails lyrics, but not incredibly maudlin, not too introspective. But for this album, they, they work. It's the it, vocal effects that really um, yeah. make me look over some of the. It's uh, not what he's saying. No, the lyrics are super simple. Yeah. I mean,. But really, this song—I think this song serves as a pacemaker uh, in the sense that, like, it after the um, the mark has been made, it picks up the the literal pace, and for the next two songs, it's very the the tempo picks up quite a bit, and this is a good way to kind of get you pumped for the next couple. Songs. I love the riff for this. Da-da, oh yeah, da-da. it's like a dirty yeah. riff. It no. sounds da-da, like a garage band. Yeah, da da, and we're not gonna we're not gonna spend our entire lives on deviations when we talk about it yeah but the version of this on deviations that riff is much more pronounced yeah right. um we'll talk about it the next yeah. uh, later or the next episode yeah yep later the next episode yep so this goes into uh please this is how it begins So please, Mark and I, uh, we, we, you know, uh, I say no, you don't. He says please. Where as far as like, what's the lesser 
worst of the two. No, I say no, you don't. I think please is better than that's no, what I'm saying. Don't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're saying please is not as bad. That's correct. I think no, yeah. you don't's better. Oh wow! Wow, oh, interesting. Yeah. Please. Where do you fall? I, 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 like, I like please better. I like yeah. the. Um, he's not doing anything with his voice that bothers me. Like it's pretty straightforward, and I and I love the bass line in the song. How's the bass line go on this one? I'm not gonna say. I don't know. Oh, come on. I just noticed it That's earlier. That's half the point of this podcast. is to do... Uh, exactly. Basically, the way we're going to get fans of this podcast, people are going to tune in and accidentally think the guy from Police Academy yeah. is part of the, uh, the, the host here. <laughs> I know. In post, we'll, we'll throw the actual baseline yeah. in there. What was his name? Boomhauer? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Boomhauer was from Coach. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> I think you know it was. M-O-O-N. That's what we'll do is we'll start trying to sound out every Nine Inch Nails riff to the tune of M-O-O-N. Yeah. That's right. Anyways. Throw that. We need a, what's, what's his name? All right, we got to find that out. Well, it's Michael Winslow is the real guy, but I don't know. The guy that did the sound effects, but mm. I don't know. Hightower. Nope. 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 Sure? Hightower was the guy that loved the guns. No, he was no, the black Hightower guy. No, Hightower was the huge the black like, guy. Yeah. Like, probably football player. Um, yeah. Yeah. God well, damn it. What so was, was Michael name? Winslow, who was also a black guy. He so, was. I mean, and there was, you know, there was a couple black guys in there. Oh, yeah. Steve's getting that face. <laughs> Here we go. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no, worry, we don't have Joe Vieira on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, anyhow. Police Academy aside, what song are we talking about now? Please. Talking about I don't please. have much else to say about Please. It is, well, I, it I is less memorable, but I. Lyr- lyrics last, music first. That's what happened with Please. Yeah, I mean musically, it's it's a good song. Uh, it, lyrics, it's just I don't know. It's it's okay. It's kind of forgettable. Um, they do play this one live. They played it through the With Teeth um, tour. I don't remember them playing that's it. A, that's a song. that's a bathroom break track if I've ever heard one. <laughs> it's not terrible. Yeah, it's. I, um, and so this particular song on cassette, if you had the fragile, had a uh, plus appendage. Uh, oh, that was on the song. Yeah. Okay. That's good because I think never I be enough to fill me. Oh up. yeah, that song. I like that part. I like the. Uh, actually, no. There's watch the right. Turn, Turn to red. red. You know, those, fills those, up the hole but it grows somewhere else. All my life. Yeah. It's the same. Da, 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 this is one of the there's shorter like, songs. There's some like little scat bebopping in the yeah. background. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's a sassy track. <laughs> it's Please a, is a sassy, sassy song. It's putting on some red boots. Yeah, yeah it really is. <laughs> so yeah. I think I just and like, it keeps repeating. Will you please complete me? Yeah, it's it ends. Right. It's okay. It ends well. I mean, it's not a bad track. It's I not. Think it's the vocal it's, delivery on this one is better than No, you don't. I'm uh, sorry, it is. Debatable. Please. But so, Please is there, and then Please goes into, if you're listening to the cassette version... Um, goes into Appendage. And I'm sorry we don't have much more to say about Please, but it's literally my second least favorite song on the album, if not my least favorite. So, so it goes if, in, you, if, you, if you want to leave a review and tell me why Please is a great song, please do. Well, um, it's funny they added Appendage. They must have needed a little time on the cassette or something. That's right. To fill it up. That's it. But... Yeah. Uh, I only just recently heard the cassette version of Appendage because there's lyrics in it. I've only ever heard the instrumental version. It's a cool, it's a really cool track in full. And you can hear it on Deviations. We'll talk about it. But the one on the cassette has just a one line of lyrics that kind of gets repeated. To fill me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Or maybe they just sampled it from the last song. I don't know. But it works with Appendage. It's a cool song. Kind of cool little 
curiosity that it's on the that it's on the cassette tape. In my opinion, please is a low point of the whole affair. Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a high point, but it's like it fits. I would right say it's musically there. more instru- interesting. No, you don't. In my opinion, yeah. yeah. Um, well, instrumentally. And uh, they both are pretty it. strong. No, it's man, because now you don't at least have that like strong smiling opening. in the faces. <laughs> but if you take the lyrics out of that, the bum bum bum, how does please start? Can you even tell me how please starts? It starts with a rush. It starts like bum bum bum. You Gary Newman. I think that was Gary Newman here in my car. It's on my cars. Well. That's our actually. Let's move on. You guys, in our, on. our next podcast is going to be every Gary Newman album. All right. There's going to be a lot of filler there. Oh, right. boy. Can we just do his goth era? <laughs> so this goes into uh, um, one we're going to get a lot of mileage out of. Starfuckers. Yeah. My God, sis in the back of the limousine. My God. Because Starfuckers is a 9 out of 10 song. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a 6 First, out of 10 on a good day. Let's hear the dissenting opinions and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Okay. So lyrically, it does not fit into this record. It I is would, a goofy, goofy fucking I song. Would, I would agree 100%. <laughs> I, would say, I would say up until this point, even at the low points, it seems like a mature Nine Inch Nails record lyrically. Lyrically, it's not as even he would even go more mature, but it's more. Well, hold on, hold on. Oh, before, before we go any further, Eric, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you're applying this to both Star Fuckers and the edit Star Suckers, right? Yes. yes. Okay, yes. just making sure that I can't move the needle one or the other. However, Keep going. however, yes, it's 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 immature. It is a diss track to Marilyn Manson and probably Courtney well, Love and 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 yeah, Courtney Love and and just. Rock stars in general, but really targeted at those two, um, which yeah has no place on here. Uh, but I will say this musically, and deviations help me with this musically. And I don't know, maybe our previous guest Joe Vieira would agree, but musically, this may be the drum and bass song that he always wanted to do and actually ended up liking because oh, yeah. he plays that, a song live. Is that the sure. Amen breakbeat on there? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I do feel like this is another. It might be. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most drum and bass song since... He told us what it is and he gave us yeah, the background yeah, on it. We yeah. should at least remember what it oh, was. Oh, I know. Well, Eric, you you can do it. What's the Amen breakbeat? Oh, like... the, the breakbeat is... Yeah. And it kind of is yeah. does sound yeah. like that. Yeah. And it, I would say this is the most fully realized drum and bass song they've done since Perfect Drug. And clearly Trent Reznor likes it a lot better. Because they play it live and it's part of the repertoire. 
Um, musically, I think it is stellar. Bingo. I love. Okay. I, I love it. I love it. At least we're, at least we're yeah. on the same page. Which there. makes it which makes it easier to swallow the the sophomoric lyrics. And um, no, no, no pun intended. So you guys, you got okay. So we all agree that musically, this is a great song. Yes, it is. It's uh, a very it, Mark. You go now. I was gonna say. So I agree with all the points that Eric made. Um, uh, it doesn't cohesively flow. Um, I will give it that in terms of the musical, uh, the musicality of it. Um, it just kind of just thrusts you into the that really big riffs. Um, when the verses don't really match up to what's happening in the chorus, um, it just there's no there's good logical flow. It's just all of a sudden hmm. just and just you just get that squallow guitar. Hard stops are kind of normal for for songs. I mean, like it is especially like punk and stuff like that. But I would say the 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 dissolve into Carly Simon at the end is yeah. is a little hard, but I, I like it. But see, that's my favorite part of the whole song when Good. things start to like <laughs> see, we're yeah. uh, disintegrate no, I, a little bit, which I think is great. Right. We're, we're not enemies here. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're all kind of saying the same thing. So, yeah, I basically I can take what you guys have said and just amp it up to where I used to think the song was ridiculous. I don't like the chorus of just him saying Starfuckers. For some reason, I, I came around. Oh, he's saying Starfuckers Incorporated. I like, <laughs> no, he said Starfuckers I like twice if, and if, then Starfuckers Incorporated. Like, <laughs> If you're listening to it on the album, I like its placement. I actually do. Uh, on the CD version. Because uh, I think it... not the new It's flesh right is, after Please. I mean, It's right yeah. after Please, but then it goes into... I'm looking forward to joining you finally. And I think the juxtapose of those two... Great. It goes into complication. Not on the vinyl version. It doesn't do that. Or no, no, you're right. You're, you're right. It goes, it goes into, into complication yeah. either. After which this, goes into... Yeah. I'm looking yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that works. Um, I like I like that after Please. I like, I, I like the way it kind of... The video is terrible. But at the <laughs> same time, I like the way that this song does feel like they do. <laughs> the video takes place in limousine for the most part. I like that when you're listening to the song, it's like carnival. I kind of, yeah. I like that it sounds like somebody just like you're listening to the fragile, and then Trent Reznor like drove up next to you with this other album out of nowhere. Yeah, and I actually I like that, and it's like it's it's like a glimpse into a whole other record that I appreciate. Yeah, the lyrics are ridiculous. They are definitely a diss track, and they're jaded. But at the same time, at the same time, if I'm thinking about again, I've mentioned this before. If you were to apply this to, like, you can apply Starfuckers to our president quite well. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's true. It's a very much about that vapid celebrity worship. If Ministry sang the song, you wouldn't be batting your eyes at exactly. all. Exactly. This, this <laughs> could be a ministry <laughs> song. This could be a ministry you song. You just hit yeah. something right there. Yeah. If this is a ministry yep. song, this would be in the top ten. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because that fits thematically what, yeah, what yeah, the ministry yeah. is and, doing. And, this and, doesn't fit thematically but, with yeah, what the he wrote the song, he didn't know where else to put it, so he put it on this album. Yeah. And I can't. I really like this song, so I can't fault it for being jarring. It is jarring. The lyrics are kind of ridiculous, but they would be good ministry lyrics. Yeah, I like the vocal effect on the lyrics. I like the skittering, blah, blah, blah. like it, 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 it sounds the, the effect. I like. They're doing a I similar like, thing, like, like cut and paste sure, thing that they sure did on the words. Starfuckers is ridiculous, but the thrust of the chorus and the way it's shouted, I think, is awesome. Yeah, I think Starfuckers. It's awesome. It's a great riff. Actually, it's got some force to it. Fun fact. A band that Steve and I went to see in San Francisco in our youth and spent a night in a car together to see. Uh, Leftover Crack, who oh, used yes. to be Choking Victim, their new incarnation is just called Starfuckers. Oh. So, anyway. Do they cover really? the song? No. I don't know. I, I, like I actually haven't heard of them. I like in the second, the, the I Am Every Fucking Thing and just a little more. 
And uh, the part where he goes, and when I suck you off, you will drop, a drop go to waste. waste. Yeah, yeah. Sure, bad lyric, but the delivery is awesome. Yeah. I mean, and it's a bad lyric, but it, it, in the sense that like... The lyrics it's, it's, are ridiculous, but the delivery is on point for me. I love the riff. I love the aggression. And the Carly Simon part, I think, is great. Yeah, no, think, that part's fine. I think the Carly Simon part is great. And then I think the, the when it goes, don't you, and the song kicks, like, all our... It gets very melodic. Yeah, and it caught it, it's it's just you're so vain, which my mother loved Carly Simon, so I listened to Carly Simon growing up. And then when it kicks in, the don't you and the don't you towards the end, they start layering on these like, like these scrunching scra- scraping yeah. sounds, and it just builds and builds and builds. And then in the background you hear every little thing, and like a little spoken point, little spoken vocal part. And then he also says, you know, all along I was one of the beautiful ones. It's a dig at Marilyn Manson. Right. Yeah. It's all, it's a ridiculous song that doesn't mean that I don't love it. Yeah. And, and then it has a kiss sample at the end. It has a kiss sample then? Yeah. yeah. What I love! And the kiss sample is him realizing, he's like, I know this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I think he's like, this is, I know. I, I just, it, if it wasn't on the album, you wouldn't notice it. But since it's on the album, you definitely notice its placement now. Like, there's nowhere you could, you couldn't put this, this song on the album anywhere. It should have been a... Maybe it would have been better served as a bonus track. Yeah. But uh, I enjoy it. I would say the the enjoyment of the music and just the ostentatiousness of the song outweighs the immaturity of the lyrics, which is out of place on this album because Trent was all grown up, basically. On this I think album. for a guy yeah. that concerns himself so much about being mature for the yeah. most part, when he cuts loose like this, I find it amusing and I embrace it. Well, you but know, he also is a bit of a drama queen, as we've heard from like Richard Patrick and uh, and uh, people that worked with him in the early days too, where he would write dist. I mean, Piggy might have been a diss track for him. <laughs> well, you know, in the press, when like uh, rock journalists would ask him, you know, what do you think about this band or this yeah. new music, he would be pretty candid with how he felt about it. Sure, and he wouldn't mince words. And so this particular song, I guess, fits into that whole behavior. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's part of him. So the video is ridiculous. The video definitely has a big fat. Who was it directed by? I don't know. Directed by Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah. Who's in it? Marilyn Manson also in yeah. it. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson. The whole video, you think it's a woman, and then it turns out to be Marilyn Manson. Oh, it was co-directed by Marilyn Manson and yeah. some other guy named Robert Hales, but. And then yeah. they, they do this scene at a carnival. Robert Hales directed. Where they're uh, knocking a Courtney Love uh, analog in the water. It's a, uh, and, and apparently you know that I remember at the time when it came out, like I was like, oh, Marilyn Manson in the video. Like I thought that was cool. I thought it was cool because they were kind of against each other, yeah. and they were yeah. throwing like mechanical animals into like these little toilet games at the uh, carnival, and uh, I think they were also. Throw in baseballs at uh, the bust of Billy Corgan, Michael Stipe from Fred R.E.M., Durst. Fred Durst. Yep. Remember that? Yep. And um, Courtney Love was also the one that was falling in the water, I think. Yeah, they did like this mutant version of Courtney Love. Mutant, yeah. yeah. Huh. It was well, ridiculous. Well, pop pop, and, and like, pop was a problem, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, pop was making a huge comeback. So it was very fun for fans to see a video like that, too, that was totally trashing it. Um, yeah. Anyways, but it, at the time, wasn't Trent still Marilyn Manson's boss? Well, I mean, they were I on mean, nothing both right. together, yeah. but they had uh, that falling out after Antichrist right. Superstar, yeah. and uh, right, yeah. you know, they were talking shit about each other. I think in the press, they must have they must have sealed things good enough to have Marilyn Manson on that gave up video that they ended up doing. 
No, that closure. Came out, that came out before. Closure. Yeah, before. Yeah. Well, no, no that, that was, video was recorded in, in the early like. That was before and during the downward spiral recordings. Oh, really? So that was okay. in '94. Okay. Yeah, that. yeah, that no, was. In they, the 80s. They, they, they got busted up, and then this didn't lead them to become big buddies or anything again. Right. Especially <clears throat> the Marilyn Manson just became worse. They came out. <laughs> I think they came out and did uh, the song live together on tour because it's. One of the bones. There's a Madison Square Garden version. With yeah, both and then they yeah. did all. Then they all did the Beautiful People together. Right. But uh, you know, and then you know, years later, uh, they talk. Uh, most recently, in the last like five years, like I, I don't know why, they've spoken about like they're cordial to each other. But right. They veered off. Marilyn or Terry uh, over here winning Academy Awards for fucking Ken Burns documentaries. Global. No, it was for the social media. I'm, I'm mixing but, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on purpose. And then Marilyn Respectable Manson's, musician. Yeah, and, and then uh, Marilyn Manson's over here doing, you know, his, his cover of... Uh, uh, this is Halloween. There you go. <laughs> I summed it up. Yeah. And a good song every now and then, but for the most part, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cartoon character. All right. Anyhow, so, good song, possibly in the wrong place. Right song, wrong time. Right. Bad lyrics, either way you slice it. Yeah. So the next one is an instrumental track. Uh, called Complication. What I've always thought from day one is like the laser gun song. It's laser guns and then it's got a beat that you can be like, it's got, you can walk it's around a, to. You got your drum loop. It, this is Joviera music with a little bit of, uh, yeah. I mean, it sounds like it could be done from a futuristic car chase. Well, what's interesting to me is that <laughs> why did this, out of all the instrumental songs, why did this make it on here but all the other ones that didn't get on here? I don't know. The deviation does not make it. I think that some of the other ones are much more coherent than whatever this is. It's a good question, especially since it's like a companion piece to the New Flesh. Yeah. And the New Flesh also was not on the was not on the the no. CD version. So yeah, so, it's it's a it's it's a very. So the New Flesh was available on the hey, hey, We're in This Together. Hold on. I know we're not getting there. I'm just saying yeah. it was on the We're in This Together single. Um, but yeah, complication. Uh, I mean it. It's hard to talk about a song that doesn't have lyrics. Um, right. Well, it's, it's like, you can talk about a song that doesn't have lyrics if the song goes on enough of a journey. This song is basically... It's a riff. It's we, a bridge. I, we both have seen this yeah. live. Yeah, it's a bridge. They did play it's this just, a lot on Fragility. It's got that keyboard, it's got that drum beat, yeah. and then the bass line... The bass line goes for a walk. And this is the, this is the shortest yeah. song on the album. It's yeah, like not even three minutes. So I think Danny Loner had a lot to do with this song. Um, yeah, and well, he did the he did the the remix. He did with New Flesh and called Complications of the Flesh. What's this? Look at him. Oh, I see. <laughs> he did. Okay, Danny Loner did uh, did a remix called Complications of the Flesh, which where he 
mashed up new flesh and complications. And it's wonderful. I, I really like it. It's probably one of the coolest, like, non you know things falling apart remakes. About that remix that we'll talk about in the next episode. No, it's, that... not, it's, not on, it's not on the next. It's not on things falling apart. You sure? It's on, no, it's no, only on the single. Yeah, it's only it's on Complications the of the Flesh, and it's yeah. a mashup of the two songs. Okay. Well, I thought I was prepared. Um, I can hear the new flesh part of it. I can't hear the complication part of it, really. Oh, on the on that remix? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. The complication has laser guns and a good drum beat and a good bass. The that. that's in the that's in the remix. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, it's you're an right. interesting. Now that you say it, you're right. It goes and then yeah, it's stop. Yeah. It's just a cool. It's a cool little lost thing that would have had a great home on Things Falling Apart, but didn't make the cut. And it was just on that that import single. But anyways. That's a good job, Danny Loner. All right, well, we've talked about complications about two minutes yeah. longer than the actual song is. So let's yeah. bring it into the new flesh. All right. This seems right up your alley. Well, before you start, Eric, <laughs> yeah. you know, when we first saw Nine Inch Nails live, the first time, uh, the Fragility 2.0 tour, it was in San Francisco. Before they took the stage, they had a curtain behind them. And the Cow Palace. It was the Cow Palace. They started the show playing, I think, somewhat damaged. But uh, well, as they're entering the stage, it was a mix between them playing... Well, they weren't playing the song, but it was Pinion and this song, The New Flesh. Oh, cool. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, because The New Flesh is also similar to 10 Miles High, but less concentrated. 10 Miles High feels more like a real, like an actual realized song. This is, is guitar noise, but then it actually has a ton of lyrics to it and, um, and themes that would come back. And this is like, I can take it. Uh, yeah, I can, I can take it sideways. <laughs> it says I can take it. Oh, hey. And this is kind of what I think falls back into what I was saying before about, you know, the new flesh. Like, new skin growing over, still damaged underneath, but, you know, you feel maybe feeling stronger. And even if you are feeling stronger, you're still damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh... That's the whole point of this record, right? right. Yeah, exactly. So the song... After the downward spiral, he tries to put everything back together, but then you realize that Things like this are always going to happen. You're never going to be able to fix everything. Right. There's not really a melody to this no, particular song at yeah, all. It's yeah. more just like, yeah, go ahead, Eric. No, I was just going to say, it's more forgivable than the other deleted song, 10 Miles High, but it fits into the theme really well, and I can see why they wanted to make sure it was on there. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot of tones and instruments that do carry over from Complication, which makes them sound really good together if you hear that remix. Mm-hmm. But that almost, honestly, the remix is more memorable than this song, in my opinion. But lyrically, it fits in perfectly to what he's trying to say in this this side of the album. And again, the vocal effects, it sounds like he's doing this underwater. Right. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't have much to say about the song. I do enjoy it. I will leave it at that. Yeah. All right. I've got a lot to say about the rest of the album. Yeah. <laughs> so, the next track is a uh, very sparse track. It's called I'm Looking Forward to Joining You, Comma Finally. I've always loved the title of this song. I never minded this song. But even as recently as like last year, I brought up how much I like this song. And Mark was like, really, Steve? And then Mark has come around since. Yeah, absolutely. Because of the minimalism of this song where it's just bass and drums and then Trent's vocals. Uh, and it does have a drum beat that's reminiscent of almost like a uh, uh, like a go-go dancer kind of deal. Right. Do, 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 do. Yeah. And it's got like a tambourine. Is there like a tambourine on a drum in this song? Or... It sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the song starts up. Yeah. No, do, 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 the hi-hat do, has do, definitely do, a tambourine do, on it. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Because, yeah. It, yeah, it's just a simple... Every time he's clicking that hi-hat, though, yeah, it's got something. Um, I like the uh, the lyrics of this... Definitely kind of, now that we've done our research and we know that, you know, he did have a death in the family when he was writing this album. Uh, yeah. There is parts of it that really tie into that too. And like singing about like how this, how the, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was for Clara. These are actually some was of Clara my... Gra was Clara Grandma? Yeah. Yeah. These are actually some of my favorite lyrics. Yeah. And like the whole, like the sun smells a certain way. And like these are actually, he's doing some visualization that he doesn't usually like do. This is. This no, is the, the really one like, like, I love the smell of sunshine. I remember sometimes. I love that. Um, he whispers love, a lot of the verses. A lot of it's whispered. Yeah. I love the verse. The thought he had it all before they called it a bluff. Found out that this, his skin just wasn't thick enough. Wanted to go back to how it was before. Thought he lost everything. Then he lost a whole lot more. Yeah. Never played live. <clears throat> and I'm not surprised by that. Right. I would think maybe at a bridge school benefit or something like yeah, that. Sure. You know, that seems like a pretty personal song. I get and it. And then but... you said the, the, very, the part... So yeah, the song starts... It's just clanging. But like clanging like brush... Like brush drums. Yeah. And Someone's stirring doom, the soup doom. back there. And... Um, <laughs> there's a you know the bass line just kind of subtly do 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 and there's a like kind of a 1960s nuggets era like organ underneath some of it yep you know with like and fleeting pianos yeah it never like the most it really actually no I take that back um what's great about it is it it's 
it's this, it's that, it's very mellow throughout most of it. But then, it never really explodes into like electric guitars or anything. But then there's this part towards the end where there's the drums start building up and it starts going bom bom bam bom 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 bam bom 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 bam bom 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 bam bom and the drums get at you. Yeah. They're still kind of hollow sounding. They still sound like it's stomp. Um <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? I know exactly bring the noise, what you're saying. Bring the funk. But then, but, the, the, but then the line, I've done all I can do, could I please come with you? It's whispered but at the same time. There's there's a, a double layer of him shouting it in the background, muffled. And then it quietly fades out again. Yeah. It's a great song. It is a great song. And it's uh, aged like a fine wine. You yeah. know, because at first... Oh, no, when you're 19, it's like it's boring. It's it really boring. is boring you when you're 19. Yes. But when you're this age, you're like, oh, I can hear the, what there's... It's dynamic. It's The whole thing is muffled, but I know what the whole point of it is. And uh, it's made even better because I, I just... I really appreciate it. What I appreciate even more, like, I really think that Bob Ezra made a difference because of the fucking... The order of all these songs... Having this right before the big come down oh, is man. genius. I know. It's <laughs> true. Each song works better because of where they're at with each yeah. other. Yeah. No, he uh, he hit a home run on the sequencing on this particular song. So, record. yeah, the song's great. It's a grower, not a shower, as Mark would say. Yeah. And then, so it, it you know, it kind of has the build up part with the drums and talking about, I remember sometimes. And it fades out <laughs> with that nice, really simple bass line that even I can play. Yep. And then it goes into quite arguably a top God. three Nigel Nail songs. The top three Nigel Nail songs are always going to be ranked. It is an unheard, uh, like it's but an unsung song. The Big Come Down is amazing. The oh, Big yeah. Come Down. The Big is Come amazing. Down is a triumph. <laughs> it's just such a good song. Yeah. just thinking of this song i mean it's uh the drum loops um the just the dynamics on this song are just it, it has that swamp industrial sound it that does, you guys are talking yes, about it's swamp industrial, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. unlike the other swamp industrials the other swamp industrial songs are more lurky and murky and slow this one has a progression too it's it. gonna it's drive like, yeah it's yeah. gotta drive yeah this is like you're in the swamp industrial area 
and but you're got, but you're on a hoverboat. Ex- that's yeah. what I was gonna say. Exactly. <laughs> you're you you got one of those. Uh, you know, I don't I don't I've never I've never been to the swamp in New Orleans, but they got those boats with the fans in the back. Yeah, this is when you get one of those, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Fan boat. Yeah. I mean, and uh, it really seems like uh, Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails, the band, um, really do enjoy playing the song live. I mean, they really give it their all. I mean, yeah. they always give it their all. This song pairs well with Into the Void, by the way. Something about these have the same yeah. smacking. But yeah, they played this live quite a few times. I've heard it live. I think we both heard it live. We have. I remember when it was during the With Teeth uh, warm-up shows. They played this when we saw them in Davis. And at that time, it wasn't Robin Fink on guitar. It was Aaron North. But... Um, Still, yeah. just nailed it. I've seen it live. As much times. as <laughs> as much as I like Aaron North, which we'll talk about more in the preceding episodes. Sure. Um, I feel like a song like this, Robin Fink makes. Oh yeah, easily. Weird clanging, twanging. Robin Fink is really good at irregularly playing the guitar. Yeah, I mean, because the whole point of this, like, this is definitely an out of tune. Yeah. This album has many out of tune instruments. This an out of tune guitar drives this song. Yeah, I mean, so when Trent first was approaching this album, uh, he wanted to focus more on stringed instruments because they're imperfect. They're, he wanted to have that more of a broken, fragile sound. And this song has that dynamic of just that ebb and flow of everything. It really does sound like if I was to build a rocket ship and it was more of a steampunk rocket ship trying to make it go, it would have that start stop stutter yeah. you know you're it, like fuck it's still can't get <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Bam, bam. <laughs> this drill has got to start running in their wheels again get that engine going yeah. that engine going. Yeah, exactly it's got, it's got that that reoccurring synth sound that sounds like somebody broke their keyboard like bam. you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about right mm-hmm. that's great and uh, this definitely closer reminds me of a weird version of Prince this reminds me of another weird version of Prince yeah. This is robo sex funk weirdness. Yeah. Um, At least the more closer in there, the closer I get, the worse it becomes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of vocalizations in here as well. The whole bye, bye, yeah. ooh, got yeah. to get back to the bottom. This album, this album, he doesn't do nearly in any of the preceding records. He didn't experiment with coos, oohs, ahs. Right. Uh, he, did some, he did some scatting on Reptile, but yeah. You're and, right. And, and, yeah. yeah but here, for the most part, yeah. this album has tons of, uh, if you're listening for it, there's a. And that, that's like, uh, oh, wow, oh, oh. Trent Reznor loves to just beatbox, but to take it back to Police Academy. Um, <laughs> well, no, just... when they toured for Hesitation Marks, it was Detention 2013. Uh, that was that cycle where there was a full band with two backing vocalists like that mm-hmm. toured with them. They're great on this song. Great on that song. Yeah. The, yeah. the, 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 the start of the song always takes me my ass. Another part that always gets me is um, towards the end of it, where everything shuts off, we hear the beakalk. Yeah, beakalk, and then it goes beakalk, and then all yeah. of a sudden it kicks in the like, where it sounds like someone's trying to flip a switch. Yeah, like, and then they turn do, this goddamn thing either, back on. Either generator. It's, yeah. Either it's out of tune horns, Arch or generator. it's, it's actually synths. Yeah. It's just and like you can like you can just close your eyes and imagine everybody on the stage like fucking bebop and having a good time playing, looking at each other. Like this song sounds like it's fun to play. It's a, it's a great song. Yep. And it, I don't really feel that it gets enough love. No, it doesn't. This is this is this this song's unsung hero. Yeah. It's a deep cut, but it is. It's it's funny. uh, A few months ago, I sounds lame. I posted on Facebook. 
how much I like uh, buried in the second track of the Fragile is one of Nightingale's best songs. And a ton of just random friends of all of ours were like, fuck yeah, the big calm down. Yeah. Like, people were like, love this song. Yeah. I, I just, I, I feel like if you know the song exists, it's to love this song. Yeah. There's there's nothing about the song that makes you, nobody doesn't like the big calm down that right. likes Nash Nails. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you manage to find it, you love it. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Do you want to go into the next one? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So this, I, I, I kind of want to listen to the big calm down right now, but I, I can save it. <laughs> it's uh, when you, when you put this together, Mark, leave a big chunk for the big calm down. <laughs> Well, it's just uh, <laughs> such a fun song. Yeah. Uh, underneath it all is kind of the downward spiral title track. Feel like it's there's some interesting noisy stuff going on. No one's it's falling funny, down the stairs. It's funny you mentioned that because yeah. the punching bag sound effect of this reminds me of the very beginning of Mr. Silver. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. The bow, da 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 bow, and there's this, there's this. It sounds like they're hitting something that like ricochets. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the lyrics are mostly. I mean, there are spoken, or am I wrong? No, I mean they. There are songs. Yeah. All I do, but, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, I yeah, can yeah, yeah, yeah. still. I'm sorry. Yeah. The song just starts off. Bum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum bum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum, and then explodes in your face. Right. But the music is the forefront of the song, not so much the. It's singing. a very. Yeah. It's a building song. It's a layering song. It's not verse, chorus, verse. It's a, a synth line on synth line, and the the vocals start building on each other. Right. Like. There's like five different Tresner saying all I can do is I still feel you towards the end of it. Um, it's been said that the uh, this the sister track to this song would be the Great Below, <laughs> just based off of some of the thematic that's going on here. Sure. All I do I can still feel you, uh-huh. which I believe was a lyric in the Great Below. Well, Mark, keep uh, talking. <coughs> no. So, as Steve uh, looks through his notes, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to say that... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I put my vote in for, this is the social attractive pilgrimage. Uh, yeah, he said I can still feel you. Okay, yeah. 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 He didn't say all I can do is still feel you, but he said I can still feel you. So, so if there is a narrative, which there isn't, but the second, the second track, is all, the second side is all about... I think they're growing, quick... growing from pain, but still having pain, and this is basically like yes, the still that... the retention yeah. of pain. Yeah. Just let me get to the next song, and I'll explain why Rag with Decay has a point. Underneath it all, <laughs> underneath it all is is that, and they talk about 
in the very in, in the very end of Big Come Down, they're talking about how it keeps coming. If you from want to the go inside. back and talk about Big Come Down more, we can. Yeah, it keeps coming from the inside, <laughs> underneath it all. That's how much I like that song. Yeah, it's uh, a great song. It, just ties it is the, ties my the, favorite song the, off the side. Actually, the the new flesh and the whole concept of growing, but still having something underneath. I mean, yeah, that's what this is all about. So, anyways, yeah, it's tying all the lyrics together in a underneath very all, simple just, lyrics. Song. Underneath this, uh, it all is a song that just it builds on itself. It builds on itself. It builds on itself. It's very loud. I think if you're an old school Nine Inch Nails head, you like it because it is very, it's very industrial. I yeah. Think. Um, and then the part, if I were to pick out one partner that always gets me, is the part where it goes, uh, uh, the crucified after all I've tried, um, or after all I've died. Uh, they kind of kick it up half a step and they drop in like a really good guitar riff over it all. Um, and it just keeps building. And then the, all I do, I can still feel you. There's the end of the song is like, a chorus of Reznors and others. It's a, it's good. It's not. Yeah. It's a, it's 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 a climb. It's it's weird. It's a climax, but also feels like a bridge at the same time. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. So let's go into ripe with. Everybody's been waiting, Steve. We've been, you've been, you've been, you've been building up. Let's hear it. No, let's... I just here, here's ripe with decay. songs they made for this album they made probably 12 15 instrumental songs and they picked like six of them mm -hmm. and they left other ones over the reason i feel like ripe with decay is on there is uh the way ripe with decay plays out is the beginning not so much i don't i don't it's, it's the end of Ripe with Decay that I feel like speaks to why it's there. Well, that's Decay, right? Because Ripe is, on the vinyl version, it's just Ripe. Yeah. Right, the CD version has Ripe with Decay, which then has like a noise dissolving yeah, the, outro, the, the, right? Not, the, the dissolving outro is not long enough to where I, I would okay, say... Okay, so, so you're just talking about the not, end of Ripe proper. Not part of my uh, Andersonian thesis. You're right, it's part of Ripe but, proper is what you're talking about. Yeah, the, the second half of the song has this weird droning aspect to it, and this strumming... It just makes me. This feel... song literally has insect noises. In it. Does it? Well, there it you does. go. I'm yeah. glad you brought that back. It rides yeah. it back to Nash Nails. Yeah. And also, I feel like just the way this song ends, it's kind of like it's hard to just. We just Mark even said this earlier. Talking, we are not. I'm sorry. None of us are smart enough to fucking talk about songs on words. We're just not. But the way the second half of the song plays out musically, it's telling me that it's a Battlestar Galactica thing, and all this has happened before, and it's going to happen again. Yeah, yeah, and somehow I don't know how to explain that, but musically the music tells me there's a cycle. Well, if I could pull this back into it, stop. Hold the, that thought before oh, I forget mine. Damn it, it was going to tie. It right stops just short of having an Antichrist superstar 
You know how the Antichrist Superstar starts with the two tracks that cycle it? Like the the start of Antichrist Superstar picks up where the hidden track ends. Mm -hmm. The way this song sounds to me, they stop just short of having it end with uh, the first track of the album. Somewhat damaged. Somewhat damaged. Yeah. Like if they if they had the do 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 be at the end of it, it would make sense. I feel like it leads towards. That. I could see that. Like you've gone through all this, you've gone everywhere, you've tried to solve all these things, but listen, you're a human being, and just deal with this droning bullshit because you're going to go through it again. That's what the rival decay is to me. Yeah, I so, can see that. Eric, did I steal your your brain? No, 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 not at all. I, uh, Trent Reznor, uh, I guess, did talk about this in an interview, where he said that if the fragile was a continuation of the downward spiral, was that that you would be happy then depressed. And then when you got to the left side, uh, or, or on the left side, and then on the right side, you'd find hope and then just lose it again mm. at the end, which is what you're saying. Um, and to tie this, like, ripe with decay to, like, what I keep saying is, like, lyrically, it was deleted from the album, but, and it's not a great song, but the new flesh is thematically important because it's like when you get hurt and you have a scar, right, your skin grows back, but the, the pain might still be there. And it's like, it's like a, a plant... Uh, the fruit might always grow back, but then it's always going to die and rot. So that's that kind of loop that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's happened before and it will happen again. Yeah, I think it, it's all coming together like that. That's the kind of way, you know, life, maybe life works. Yeah, life. yeah, it's just like yeah. you're going to be stronger and you're going to deal with shit. But listen, you're never, you're, you're never going to not have to deal with shit, <laughs> yeah. man. So but that, that, that whole cycle and that loop, that's something I never even thought about with this album until this, this revisit. So Well, this album yeah, still, it, it goes all over the place. Like the yeah, like I said before, the album starts way over there and it ends way over here. But when it ends way over here, the album's reminding you you got to go through all this again, man. Yeah, you know. I'm sorry. So I mean, would you say, you know, let's talk about the album title, "The Fragile." Then, yeah. um, so the downward spiral obviously is a narrative journey. It's a tribute of someone... to yes. <laughs> <laughs> do they have an album called "Fragile"? I yes. do. <laughs> I think it has "Hearts of the Sunrise" on there. That's a good song. It is a good song. If you've seen Buffalo '66, you have seen you have heard the song "Hearts of the Sunrise." In case you guys care, that's another chapter from Mark and I's high school career together. Yeah, we watched that in his parents' living room. Um, spanning time. Spanning time. Spanning time. Um, yeah, that's a. Uh, it's. If you, that's a good that's a good uh, movie, uh, it's better than uh, the Brown Bunny. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> a lot of time in your hands for the Brown Bunny. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Downward Spiral is a pretty much a, a cohesive narrative. I would say, you know, yeah, uh, it's someone's journey uh, going through the Downward Spiral. Three act play. It's three act narrative, absolutely. <laughs> but if we're talking about uh, the fragile, where it doesn't seem to really hold a strong narrative throughout, um, and I don't think it's supposed to. No. Yeah, I don't think it's supposed to. I think it's more about uh, a collection of feelings. <laughs> I guess that's yeah, no, it's fine. That yeah. works. But if the one thing you get about it is is that don't ever feel comfortable, I guess, with you know, with your situation because bad stuff will happen again. You know? Yeah, I could see that. And I if that's the one point he's trying to make is that the cyclical way we deal with with pain and, and sorrow, I that's 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 fine. That's actually a pretty good message. I think yeah. I think if Nine Snails is a more conventional band, and even if they're most accessible, they're not conventional. Um What's that second to last track that we just talked about? Underneath it, it all. Yeah, underneath I it think all. underneath it all would be the climax of the album. 
Yeah. You could end it. Even the way the vocals end with that song, that could be the end of the album. Sure. I think tight tossing ripe on is like, well, I want you to think a little more. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a d- very dark and moody instrumental. Um, when I first heard it, it was an interesting um, decision to close this record because I was expecting something along the lines of Hurt. I mean, Pretty Hate Machine ended with Ring Finger for crying out loud. So it's not like he always has to end it on a... Uh, a classic. <laughs> that <laughs> is Ring a Finger classic. is fine. It is a classic, but it's not an emotional... It doesn't have the emotional weight that, you know... That's oh, right. Oh, come on, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, he obviously was uh, charting a course on how he was constructing albums at, at this point in his career. And having a five-year layoff from a, a full album proper... You know, you're expecting this, something different. This just makes me think of how uh, Hesitation Marks ends. With some saxophones. Saxophone blasts yeah. and a shuffle. <laughs> I yeah. can't wait to talk about those later albums, because I feel like we've devoted so much brain power to the first half of Nine Inch Nails, yeah. that the cell second half uh, is not nearly as scrutinized enough, and I am looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, The Fragile... might be their best album. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know who said that, but <laughs> um, I claim this is my favorite one, but Whitteep might be the best one. I'll explain later. I'll that is notes. wild stuff, man. I well, love. I that's, love Whitteep. Listen, I Mark, love it. It's kind of like how I say Jackie Brown is my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, even though it's not a Quentin Tarantino. But maybe movie. Pulp Fiction yeah. is the best Quentin Tarantino movie. It's sure, like, you know? I get it. I get it. Anyhow, um, what well, can we? I guess is, are we, we gonna rate this one? We need to rate this. So, Eric, you started off. So, like you just said... So, wait, wait. Do we all like how it ends, though? Oh, yeah. yeah I like how it ends. I think it's the fine. way you described it definitely is eye-opening. The as ambiguity as the of the ending, I think, as uh, an uh, angst-filled youth, I was like, what is this shit? As an old, fucking, fat 37-year-old, I'm like, this is the best way for this album to end. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I do agree with that, that it doesn't always need, like, a, yeah. uh, a final chapter, like, hurt. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to life. It's great until it sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a song that you would, you know, score a movie with. But Eric, go ahead and give me your rating. Well, just like Steve said that with Teeth was the best national, I would say, objectively, this is the best Nine Inch Nails album. Objectively. It, it, it is musically uh, so precise. It is lyrically one of the most mature but um, Downward Spiral will always be my favorite, so I'm going to give this an 8.5 out of 9 8.5, okay. Out of 9 Inch Nails. Sure. Yeah, I, and, I, and I appreciate it now more than I ever have. Um, and I've always Tell me what liked uh, knocked off the point five for you. Just nostalgia. It's, that's completely subjective. It's only to differentiate it from Got it. Uh, the, the hair standing up in my arm when I hear Downward Spiral. Sure. And it's completely not... It's fake news. <laughs> I mean, it is and, completely emotional. And, it's a completely emotional uh, reaction. That's funny. I'll pick up from that though. Is that the reason why I like? And I, I moving forward, I hope that our gradings differentiate a little bit. Like maybe, hopefully, the slip gets like a five, um, because we've got a like we've got a lot of eight and nines. Uh, but anyhow, I get it. Yeah, the, they're the, gonna score high. We're doing a podcast, but now. no, they really like them. The, yeah, it's true. The, the, I, I just I just pulled on the hairs in arm. Songs like The Wretched, uh, the, uh, We're in This Together Now, uh, The Great Below, uh, The Big Calm Down, 
they all make the hair on my arm stand up. They literally do. Like, I, like I, I can listen to those songs every time, and I'm just a jazz the first time. Yeah. So I give this a solid nine. I, if I can give it ten nails, I would. And I realize that it's uh, unwieldy, and it's a messy album, but that's part of the reason I like it. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that you don't have to work to like it, but if you work for it a little bit, you'll like it more. But uh, all of this, like, and I'm, I'm including the left and the right, and then all the extra shit that if you want to throw on top of it, that makes me like it even more. I, I, I feel like it was just a, it was a, just a, a, a treasure chest of riches, this album is. And uh, as I grow older and listen to it more like this last, going through to listen to it to talk about it made me like it even more, as I hope this does for all these records for us. Um, so it's a 9 out of 9 for me. It's my favorite Nine Nails record. Um, but I could also like say With Teeth is my favorite one at the same time. Because when you love something as much as you love Nine Snails, it's easy to have multiple favorites. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like picking your favorite child. Yeah. Um, so I will absolutely second what Steve said. Um, the Fragile, for me, is a... Uh, if I could give it a 10 out of 9, I absolutely would. Um, I love this album so fucking much that when I die, I want this album thrown in my casket with me. I, the I, CD or the vinyl, whatever, cassette, whatever the cassette, will fit. The cassette. We're gonna give you the cassette. Uh, I absolutely love this album so much. Like I even texted these guys as we were preparing for this episode. Um, I've never felt a more emotional connection to an album in my life. I I just don't know what it is about this album, but I listen to it every fucking time. And there are point, points where. I almost like start getting misty for no goddamn reason. And I think it has to do with some of that nostalgia of where I was at in my life. Certainly. In terms of, you know, my friends that I was hanging out with at the time, there's just so many memories uh, also around this album for me. The fir- for being the age we were, 19 going on 20, the first six to seven tracks, seven tracks, the first seven tracks is absolute perfection for a 20 year old. I don't know how. Yeah. Well, I would say, that. like, and just to kind of further explain, like, even though I like Downward Spiral the best, I'm not a serial killer. So, like, emotionally, I don't, no, I like, link up with most yeah. of the album. But this sure. album, emotionally, is super relatable. But just, like, especially that time in your life. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, just, yeah. But the way, like I, I said before, the way it starts is uh, incredible. The, I feel like the day the world away introduced me to other types of music, how slow it is and it's a burn and like yeah. droney shit. <clears throat> the frail leading to the wretched sonically, when you first hear that for the first time, you get knocked in your ass. The way that leads into we're in this together now is an all encompassing emotional uh, wildebeest. Yeah. And then the fragile can be cheesy at moments, but is beautiful. And then just like you imagined, is a great in- uh, instrumental song that if. You probably don't like. I hear. I feel like since then I've heard twenty different versions of "Just Like You Imagine," but "Just Like You Imagine" was the first time I heard something like "Just Like You Imagined." Yeah. So yeah. When no. You look it, at it in the historical aspect of it. It's hard to beat that first chunk of the album. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just has so much content in that one double album that yeah. uh, there's just a lot to sift through. And I don't. Let's see here. Next year will be. It'll be 20 years uh, 20 years old. Year, yes. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like it was recorded but last year. That's another thing, is that you cannot place when this album was made. 
Like, I love yeah. the Down Spiral, but I feel like Down Spiral oh, yeah. sounds like 1994. That has a 90s. 94. A... This album sounds like an album out of time. Right. Right. Um, yeah, you've got the swampy sounds, you've got Trent doing new things with his guitar sounds, and then you've got Adrian Ballou with his, like, reverby product. But it doesn't guitar. sound like any kind no, of trend yeah, at the time. Does, no, it does yeah. not at all. And it doesn't, yeah, it's not tied to anything, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, closest thing to that is Starfucker's drum and bass, but even still he was doing kind of new stuff with that. So, And it really shocks me that, uh, you know, some of our friends, you know, Joe, who was kind enough to guest spot on one of our previous episodes, he's not a fan of this record. And this is actually the, the time when he dipped out on Nine Inch Nails. It just, this wasn't the direction that he wanted to go in yeah, and I, he just wasn't I, with it. And it's really surprising. You well, know? if you liked, if, you, if what you liked was the Technotronics of Nine Inch Nails, this would have been a step away from that. Well, I was sure. thinking about that. Like, I got uh, an internet buddy of mine from my comic internet world. I, I'm going to call him and we're going to, I'm going to talk about this album with him. We're going to put it in the next episode, probably. A little conversation. I was thinking also, it would be a good idea to get Joe on tape just to hear yeah. like, what went wrong. Yeah. Why didn't you like this? <laughs> yeah. I, just, it, I would agree with that. But it wouldn't be that like there was I and it's the, the internet. There was another person on the internet who I'm buddies with. It's a a, um, a young lady that is like a generation ahead of us, who would have been someone that when Downward Spiral came out was in their twenties. So when the Fragile came out, they're closer to our age now. And she said like when it first came out, she could not stand it, but then she went back and revisited it. She loved it. And I think definitely a lot of it was expectations. Yeah. It was kind of like when you see a fucking The Last Jedi. Sure. <laughs> the people that hate The Last Jedi, I think they hate more that it wasn't the movie they wrote in their head than what they got. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, like I'm like I said, I, at the time, I was I was I could not be fur, further removed musically from Nine Inch Nails, like as far as listening to rap music and stuff like that. And that's, I gravitated towards Starfuckers and Where Is Everybody? I thought those were the, those were the and uh, even deeper were the three standout tracks on this album. And they're, they're still all fine songs. But, they're great songs. They're but, fine. Uh, but but I but I've come along. I mean, and now I appreciate it. You know, absolutely more than ever. So it, yeah, I, I would say that anybody that didn't appreciate it when it came out based on where they were should revisit it because you're missing out on a truly masterful composition. Yeah. Before we hit stop tonight, uh, we've been piecemealing this together over a couple of different sessions because it's much like meta. The Fragile being recorded. Did we talk about the singles and all that shit? We did. We hit them. Okay. Yeah, we talked there's, about... There's it seems like a thousand years yeah. ago. There's not we, too much to talk about. We talked about the remixes off the We're In This Together, the Extra Long Perfect Drug, okay. and the, uh, the uh, Day The World Went Away. Yeah, Day The World Went Away, and then Into The Void had a single that was a only uh, Australian only. Using only these songs that we've already talked about. And then Star Fuckers did have a promotional single that... Uh, you could probably find somewhere on eBay. I, I do have a physical copy on CD, and it did contain um, Star Fuckers. It contained Star Suckers, the video version, and the edited radio version. But nothing else really right. was on there. All right, so. well, we've eaten the main course, but let's have dessert now. You're right. So let's uh, put, a, put a pin in this. This ends the fragile proper. And why don't we reconvene next time? And talk about, I suppose, the remix album, the live album from this cycle, and then uh, just go over the deviations. Right. Stuff. And then don't forget about the still EP. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, well, I include that with the live album. Right. They, they yeah. were packaged together. 
Let's 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 do that and let's try to keep it within 45 minutes. <laughs> okay. Thank you for joining us uh, this time. Uh, we can't promise it's going to be 45 minutes next time, but we're going to try. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got to work. So do I. So thanks again for listening, and we hope that you enjoy. You know, we could start recording these earlier in the day, but we never give it a shot. It's harder for me to break away earlier. <laughs> so this is Mark Branstead speaking. Um, if you like what you heard, please give us an iTunes review. Uh, you can also hit us up on our Facebook page. Uh, we're at Pod Like a Whole. We also have a Twitter account. It's not really getting much love, but well, uh, that's partly my. I... You forgot the password. No, it's fine. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the Facebook account gets so much traction. The Twitter it's account. Fine. It's fine. I just how do you? I, I'll get into it later, but getting getting interaction on Twitter for something like this seems a lot more difficult. Yeah, Twitter seems like you're screaming into the void. Exactly. I and I love Twitter. It's my preferred social yeah. network. Yeah. Thanks to anybody who found us on Facebook that we're getting a lot of good stuff from our page and also from the um, the uh, You're Nothing uh, uh, Nine Shows fan page. A lot of responses. No, yeah, I, I do realize you. that the reason that we have a terrible president and the world's going to end in flames and tears is because of Facebook. I get it. Twitter. A little bit of both. Oh, oh, yeah, the no, fake no, that's news true. Spread, yeah. Yeah, 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 the fake news from fa- yeah, Facebook. Yeah, fair enough. But anyways, thank you very much for <laughs> listening. <laughs> We've got to go. How are we so. going to pull this back to the red hats? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, we hope that we brought you closer to pod. Thank you to Brian Strand for making us make sure that we say that a couple yep, times. Yep, yep, yep. Good friend, good friend, good friend. My only friend during this era, Brian Strand. <laughs>